Welcome back to The Darndest Things. My name is Davis Pearson. I'm Cameron Baining, and these are my cousins. Hi, my name's Liam. Hi, I'm Owen. Liam's six, and Owen's five. They really like the movies. Their mom, Sydney, asked them what kind they like. Oh, that's so crazy. I love craziness, but I don't like the scary one. Scary one. Okay. <laughs> well, what kind of movies do they play at the movie theater? Uh, you could do a kid movie, or a horror movie, <laughs> or uh, uh, yeah. Another kind of movies? Bad ones. My freshman year at the university, a movie came out, Cowboys and Aliens. The reviews said it was just as bad as the title made it sound. Me and a couple friends waited until the movie was in the dollar theaters, and then, one weekend, we decided to go see it. We got our popcorn, our drinks, and walked into the movie theater. Ten minutes into the movie, the sound suddenly changed. It was as if we were listening to the audio through a soda can. In that moment, I realized I was okay with a bad movie, but I wanted a good experience. To understand what makes the movie theater experience, we first asked Owen and Liam, what is a movie theater? A movie theater is a place where you can watch a lot of movies. What does the building look like? The building look like it looks like a movie theater. As adorable as that answer is, we were looking for something a little more descriptive. A friend of mine worked at a theater for a while. All right, so my name is Dallin Baldwin. I worked at the theater several years ago um, to the point where I don't really remember like how many years ago it was. I just know that I worked there. I worked there for a summer between uh, my freshman college year and my s- first semester sophomore year. The theater Dallin worked at is called The Water Gardens. We set up a time to meet with one of their managers early one Saturday morning. There are not a lot of people at a theater on a Saturday morning at 9.30. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised there are people here who aren't employees. Yeah. We step into the lobby. The air smells like fresh popcorn. There's a couple of families excitedly waiting in line to get their tickets. Do you do something with us, though? No problem. <laughs> Sorry. No problem. She hurries off to the concessions, where seemingly only one person is working. He's frantically working the register, selling tickets, grabbing popcorn, and filling drinks. To top it all off, they just burned a batch of popcorn. Turns out, situations like this are not too uncommon. Manning the register is pretty hectic. And when you run the register, you're also responsible for getting stuff and getting popcorn and getting concessions, right? So it was like a, it was like a double job. So, I mean, obviously, the, the more experience you had, the more time you worked there, you know, the, the faster you would be to get all of the stuff while ringing people up at the same time. With the manager helping, the situation falls back under control. And that's a good thing, because Owen and Liam have some pretty energetic ideas about popcorn. What can you eat at? The movie theater. Popcorn! (laughs) Popcorn is by far the most important part of a movie theater. Popcorn and nothing. (laughs) 
So Owen says you eat at a movie theater popcorn and nuts in case you couldn't quite catch oh, that. Oh, gotcha. I thought he said popcorn and nothing. Like if you don't get popcorn, you don't get anything. Well, <laughs> basically, because who buys things besides popcorn? Seriously. Finally, we sit down with the manager. Um, my name is Michaela Grant, and I am a manager at Water Gardens in Pleasant Grove, and I've worked here for four years. Four years? <laughs> yep. Of course, we had to ask about their popcorn. So what's special about your popcorn then? Um, we put flavor call in it. It's just like popcorn flavoring, and it makes it kind of like saltier and a little bit sweeter, I guess you could say. So I don't think a lot of other movie theaters do, and if they do, they're not using a very good kind, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> and what'd you call it? Flavor call. Flavor call. That's yeah. like the brand, or that's the name of it. Flavor call. Yeah, okay. just like this orange dust stuff that we put in it. So. Okay. Yeah. Do you know how much, like, how much popcorn? How we much sell we sell? I don't. It really depends on the day. Um. I don't know how full, how big our kettles are. But do you know like how many kettles you've sold in one day like as I, a record? I don't. So I'm trying to figure it out. In the morning we pop, probably pop like six kettles worth and then throughout the day we just keep adding on two and then two and then two. So I'm guessing at least 20 pops a day, maybe less, maybe more depending. And then we also do sell like large bags of popcorn to customers and those take like four kettles themselves these big bags aren't for the movies customers will come in and order them to take out to other events because they like movie theater popcorn but i remember one time we had this lady and she wanted like i think she wanted like six or six to ten of these 33 gallon bags full of popcorn i don't remember what it was for but we were just like burning through that stuff so fast and I think someone I think someone burned a batch in that time as well, and so we had to like throw out the whole batch and like do a quick clean of the of the machine before we could throw more in there, otherwise it'd be all burnt. It'd just keep like burning. Mm -hmm. And so we had to do like a quick clean and I think it was just crazy. Like we spent the entire afternoon just popping popcorn and just putting it in bags and it was just so much popcorn. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you could eat that much popcorn. Like there had to have been at least hundred people at that party to serve that much. Like, it was like 10 bags of popcorn, and they were 33 gallons or however many gallons each. Brace yourself for a story problem. If one large bag of popcorn is 33 gallons, and it takes four kettles worth of popcorn to fill, how many gallons is one kettle's worth? If they make 20 kettles a day, how many gallons of popcorn is popped each day? The answer is one kettle makes about eight gallons of popcorn for a total of about 160 gallons a day. This is equivalent to about one and a half trash cans worth of popcorn each day. Owen mentioned that you can get more than popcorn, but you can get more than just nuts. You used to get any treat from licorice to sweet tarts to goobers for a dollar a piece, but switching to digital is expensive. The big thing is that they're gonna they're getting a digital projector and they're saving up for digital projector which is why when I was there, the concession prices raised actually. When I was there, I remember that was a, that was a, uh, a controversy at Water Gardens was that the concession prices and the, um, the theater ticket prices themselves raised. I think like 75 cents to a dollar or something. 
and um, that was so they could buy digital projectors because these film projectors, you know, were getting old. Um, it was harder to get movies on the film trips, obviously, because it's older technology. And um, by doing the digital, they could get the movies sooner as well. Everyone has switched over to digital in the last probably 10 years, I think. The switch to digital means movies come on a hard drive, just like the one in your computer. This requires a new kind of projector that reads those hard drives, not the giant rolls of film. On these hard drives are multiple copies of the movie files for 2D or 3D, with or without subtitles for the deaf, as well as a separate descriptive audio track for the blind. These movie files are about 140 gigabytes each, or about three times larger than your standard Blu-ray disc. When asked about projectors, Liam said this. One guy gets the film and then puts it onto the projector. Then the projector scans the film or something, and then it shoots what it scans onto the um, screen with some sort of light source. I think. <laughs> That's, like, really cool. Yeah. He knows enough about, like, the world of today and that there's files and, and you scan and save and copy and all that. But he also knows that, like, movies are film, right? And so he said he, he scans it onto it and then plays it rather than, like, it shoots the light through the film and, like, that's what you see. Right. Or just, like, takes the file and projects it that it already has. Yeah. It, like, converts the film into, like... It's so weird because we're at like this point where we're transitioning from all this like analog stuff. So film and like physical objects to more digital. Right. And so he's like combining the two and it's like, oh, well, the projector, it takes the he's thinking of film like it's a CD. Oh, you got to save the film onto the projector and then you (laughs) then you play it. Right. Switching from film to digital has been a big benefit for the studios in controlling how and when the theaters play their movies. And the studio actually has to send you a key, so you can't play the movie without the key. I don't know exactly what the key does. Kyle's in charge of that stuff, but basically, you know, it's like having a password on something. And if you don't have the password, then you can't use it. So usually the keys expire after a week, and then they have to send them to you again the next week, and every week while you have it until Mm -hmm. you no longer do, and then they don't send you the keys anymore. So. I'm a computer science person. I even worked in IT for about a year doing software distribution. And so this is the same way that like big name companies that sell mass amounts of software to different organizations like schools and big companies, that's how they that's how they distribute copies of the software. So you download the software and then you put in a key just like the way that you get the movie and then put in the key and that's so that the the companies can regulate who has the software or in this case who has the movies and when they can watch it and for how long digital projection also helps the theaters for one movies aren't actually played off the hard drive but are instead copied onto the projector this means that a single hard drive can be delivered to the theater and used to play its movie on four separate projectors at the same time whereas film would have required four unique copies also because the projectors are digital Scheduling can be automated. Usually on the weekend, we'll get our films and we'll load them Thursday night and have them ready for Friday the next morning. So Kyle will come in and plug hard drives in and get the key set up and then set a schedule in the computer for each projector. Okay. And then each projector will automatically play at the time he sets it to play. So 
it's very wow. nice. You don't have to go up there and push play anymore. Like film, you had to go up there and load it and everything. Because the movies are scheduled on a computer, it's significantly easier to start or stop movies when problems arise. Instead of needing to go up to the projector room, managers can access the projector from their phone and make changes as needed. As it turns out, switching to digital also saved a lot of work that went into prepping film. Every time we get a new movie, they would they'd bring in the big old cases full of the film strips and the film kids would have to go up and like splice the the film all together with like the um, the commercials and with the previews and with the um, the local previews. They'd have to splice it all together and then they would put it in the big old machines that would run and do the film. We're gonna let Liam tell us where we're going next. First you go to the front and then you buy give the money to somebody and then you get a ticket. Then you give the ticket to the person inside to go to the into the mood. I don't think anyone's in this one. It don't We step into the theater. It's dimly lit and the walls are lined with soundproofing material. Before us lie rows and rows of high-backed chairs much different than what you'd find in your living room. Small lights line the aisle, guiding our feet to the front. Are the seats the same? No. You're watching with like a million people. Just a million, like a million no people. Bigger than like your normal town, all <laughs> in a movie theater. That would actually be kind of cool if you, if they have like citywide movie viewings. There's just like a giant screen up on a hillside somewhere, like an outdoor movie, but for the entire city. Or like on a giant blimp in the air. That would be so cool. The silver screen in front is maybe 30 feet tall. As we approach it, we notice the front row. Something's off. It's abnormally close to the screen, only five or six feet away. Something interesting that we did is, you see how close this front row is to the yeah. screen? Does anyone ever sit up here? They do, but we put this row in as a mock row. So it's kind of like to trick people into thinking that this row isn't as close, as close, <laughs> even though this is the front row. But now uh, this is so you don't sell seats for this. We do. People oh, will buy do. them. So And sometimes they'll come back out and say, this is way too close. And be like, yeah, we understand because like... Um, I don't know who decided it, but I think it's kind of dumb. <laughs> but I mean, it's smart if it makes people happier with that yeah, so row. Yeah, so it makes people happier with this row. This was originally our first row, but then people get really mad about this row. Michaela walks up to the screen and lifts up the curtain underneath. She exposes all sorts of chair parts and boxes stacked high above our heads. We lean in and look up behind the screen. You guys can both come under here. Kind of weird. And then do you see up here, there's like shelves and then it goes all the way up there and there's the speakers. Okay. Behind the screen is a lattice work of framing, supporting it and keeping it taut. Above our heads are three wooden platforms, one on the left, one in the center, and one on the right. On these platforms sit large speakers about the size of a refrigerator. Um, we had our speakers go out in a theater once and so we just put in like regular speakers and just use them temporarily. But that was years ago. <laughs> the movie ends and people begin filing out. 
stepping over empty soda cups and crunching spilled popcorn. The employees stand by, waiting to hurriedly clean the theater before the next showing. You buy this giant tub of popcorn and you just dump the whole thing on the floor. Like, I swear, there would have been at least one per show of some person who would buy a big, giant tub of popcorn and dump 80 to 90% of it on the floor. <laughs> and it was just like, why would you spend that money to just dump it on the floor? And it was the same thing with the big, with the big drinks as well. I feel like every show there was at least one dumped on the floor somewhere. As quick and efficient as the after-show cleaning is, Saturdays are a lot worse. Every Saturday night... Um, after closing, we'd have to do a deep clean in every single theater. Um, it wasn't a daily thing. We'd always do like basic cleans throughout the week, but then that Saturday night from like 12, I guess, you know, 12 a.m. Sunday morning to like 3 a.m. Sunday morning, we deep cleaned the entire, all six auditoriums or how many auditoriums they had while I was there. And it was so, it was so much stuff. You'd do a deep clean, you'd have to like do, um, like soapy water throughout the entire theater, like mopping, like full-on deep clean stuff. Scraping gum off the ground, soda, popcorn, cleaning out the seats, vacuums, mops, um, the gum off the floor with the, with the metal scraper things going around. You'd have to have, um, there were a set of smaller vacuums, if I remember correctly, and then a big vacuum that kind of did the, the large area. And then... And then we had to deep clean the concession area as well, which sucked because you had the popcorn maker and all of the delicious oils that would get in there. Um, <laughs> I think it's gross. Luckily for the current employees, Saturday night cleaning isn't a thing anymore. We used to clean theaters in the morning, but now we have a cleaning crew that comes in every night and cleans our theaters for us. So okay. um, those are clean now every morning. <laughs> so you guys go in and basically clear out crumbs and trash, but you don't do like the deep cleaning. That's the cleaning crew? Yeah. The cleaning is hired out now, but Dallin's past experience led him to this advice. I would say clean up after yourself and like treat it like it's your own house kind of thing. I don't know, because no one wants to, no one wants to go into a theater and like have sticky feet and like have crap on the floor and crap on the seats and crap everywhere. No one wants that. Like, I don't care who you are. You don't want that when you go see a movie. You want to see a movie and, like, enjoy the experience. Mm -hmm. And if you just put your stuff in the tub of popcorn that you bought, throw all your trash in there, and then throw that away, you just save the guys a whole lot of time. A lot goes into running a movie theater, from concessions to setting up the projectors to the cleanup after the films are over. And if everyone does a good job, you don't even notice they're doing it. Despite the lack of recognition and the sometimes frustrating work, people still enjoy doing it. Michaela's been at the theater for four years, and another employee has been there for 10. After all, there are some upsides. During my time in the theater, I saw a lot of movies that I would not have paid for, but I got to see them because they were free, which was nice. Battleship was one of the best free movies I've ever seen, because I would not pay for it otherwise. <laughs> no way would I have paid for that movie. Seeing it for free was just hilarious, because it was just like, I am now going to this movie to mock this movie and it was just great. Dallin enjoyed seeing those movies, and like anything you enjoy, he wanted to share it. It almost made me want to open up a drive-in when I was older, because I feel like the, the art of the drive-in has died a lot. You don't really get that anymore. Or like open my own theater or something, I don't know. It was, I thought it'd be fun. Dallin isn't the only one that feels that the theater experience is lacking. We want movies to be an event. 
So it's Tyler and Mike that own the theater, and Tyler is always saying that he wants the Disneyland feel at Water Gardens. Okay. Um, we're just trying to be family friendly and um, kind of go along with the values of everyone in the community around. Like we're not open on Sundays, and we don't show rated R movies. So we're just a family-based theater, basically. So. We could wait the two months for a new blockbuster to be in Redbox, then only pay 99 cents to watch it at home. But we don't. We want to pay $15 for a ticket, then another $5 for a giant tub of popcorn. We want to sit in a theater with special chairs that recline, have a footrest, and give you a 41-point shiatsu massage. We want to watch our previews on the largest screen available, with a picture in more dimensions than we can count. We want to order a burger with fries while we wait for the movie to start. Only after the lights finally dim and the screen turns to black, do we want to watch our movie. Our album art was done by our Brazilian friend, Thais Fontanelle. Go say hi to her on Imager or Instagram. Her links are in the show notes. We're on Twitter, at Davis and Cameron. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just look for The Darndest Things. Tweet us or leave us a comment describing your most memorable movie experience. Show your support for the show by subscribing on iTunes or CastBox, as well as SoundCloud or anywhere else you can find our podcast. Make sure to leave a review or a comment. We love hearing from you. Special thanks to my cousins, Sydney, Owen, and Liam for answering all of our questions. As well, thanks to Michaela Grant at the Water Gardens Theater and Dallin Baldwin for giving us an interview. We're going to take a few weeks to work on some exciting things, so we'll see you next time on The Darndest Things. Darndest Things.